One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The World in 10. Every day, through the eyes of the correspondents and writers of The Times of London, we bring your essential guide to the key news from across the globe. Today, with me, Toby Gillis, and The Sunday Times assistant news editor, Rebecca Myers. And today is a big day for news, specifically with the relationship between the US and Northern Ireland, as Joe Biden visits for the briefest of diplomatic trips before heading south of the border into the Republic for the next few days. Yeah, it's been a delicate balance for the US president because there are two sides to a very sensitive debate. Uh, I know one of your favourite newspaper reads is an explainer, isn't it, Rebecca? It is. Uh, So do you fancy giving one in audio form for us? Sure. I mean, it's come at a very interesting time for Northern Ireland and the Republic, as it's the week of the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. That was the landmark moment that brought 30 years of conflict, known as the Troubles, to an end and helped bring about peace in Northern Ireland. But the present-day backdrop is tense as well, with political stalemate. There is currently no functioning government in Northern Ireland, as the Democratic Unionist Party refused to restore power sharing in protest over the Brexit deal. So this trip has had to be very carefully choreographed on all fronts. Yeah, but Biden didn't shy away from the topic, did he? He told an invited audience... uh, in a speech that he hoped the Northern Ireland Assembly and Executive will soon be restored, but he added that is a decision for you to make uh, when he addressed them. But he did give an explicit warning that the past has to remain a lesson for the future. Every person killed in the Troubles left an empty chair at the dining room table and a hole in the heart that was never filled for the ones they lost. Peace was not inevitable. We can't ever forget that. A lot of Biden's messaging today was seen as a risk because of this delicate balance, especially as he rarely lets an opportunity to talk about his Irish heritage to be missed. The Times' US editor David Charter has written about this. He's with Biden in Belfast and he told us that will have been in the mind of the US president's speechwriters. There's a lot of suspicion among the unionists that he is overtly, of course, Irish-American. And indeed, on this trip, the majority of it is spent in the Republic of Ireland. So I think that he is aware not to put his foot in it by laying it on too heavily, especially with the unionists. So that's the speech out of the way. But in the grand scheme of world peace and what's going on in Europe, why visit Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland and why now? 
Well, the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement was without a doubt a moment that had to be marked. Washington feels very passionately about its role in the original agreement. But this trip is also sending a message home. Supporting the people of Northern Ireland, protecting the peace, preserving the Belfast Good Friday Agreement is a priority for Democrats and Republicans alike in the United States. And that is unusual today. Biden's making it clear that this is an important issue for everybody back home. But the timing of this visit is significant too. Each of the last five presidents to have gone to the Republic have turned up at approximately this point of their first term in office. And I asked David Charter about that too. I think that's an interesting observation and I do think there's something in it because something like one in ten Americans have some Irish heritage. So it is an important uh, section of the vote. It is just another one of those factors to take into account and it's, it won't do Biden too much harm with those voters who uh, celebrate their Irish heritage. We'll wait to see if it works for Biden, assuming of course he does win the Democrats' nomination. Now to an extraordinary story exclusive to the Times that shows the lengths to which China is prepared to go to spy on the West. Yeah, this is a common theme, isn't it, within this podcast? The UK's security service, though, MI5, has warned that Chinese spies are slipping into Britain by gaining citizenship through third countries and then using their visa-free access to the UK. Yes, countries like Vanuatu in the South Pacific, Namibia in Southern Africa and Timor-Leste in Southeast Asia among an increasing number who give citizenship to people who invest in them or just pay a relatively small amount of money. It's led to a bit of a civil war in the UK government too that the Times has been reporting how the Home Office here has drawn up new visa restrictions for these countries but the Foreign Office is apparently blocking them. It's all a bit embarrassing, really. Uh, and the MP Bob Seeley, he's part of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee of MPs here in the UK, told us it's an issue that needs both a short-term solution and also suggested a long-term one is being held up by old-fashioned British values like keep calm and carry on. When it comes to the visas, we've got to be finding these people. And when we find that they are working for the Chinese security services, we make sure they're not welcome in the UK. But more broadly, I think by the British and other Western governments not being willing to offend the Chinese Communist Party, we're not doing ourselves any favours in the long run. So, Toby, sometimes a piece of sporting gossip gets every fan talking and another Times exclusive has done just that. Is that right? Yeah, it certainly is. For those of us uh, of a certain age, we probably remember LeBron James being first pick in the 2003 NBA draft and his legendary status, it kind of felt certain even then before he'd ever played a match as a pro. I see what you've done there, yes, because that you. is how <laughs> the English football fans feel about Jude Bellingham. Yeah, he is a teenage sensation playing, I have to use the word soccer, don't I hate that? But anyway, <laughs> I'll use it. He's playing in Germany, uh, but he's so good. The biggest clubs in the world want him, but there are a few bigger clubs in the world than Liverpool. Last night, though, the Times revealed they've given up on their pursuit of him. This is a real surprise, but it's basically because they can't afford it. Yes, they've not had a good season by their high standards. They need a big rebuild and they can't spend that kind of huge money, probably well over £100 million, 
on one player when actually they need about five. Yeah, at, at the very least they need five. But it's now boosted the hopes of others like Man United or Manchester City. It is a huge story and you can head to the Times website to follow how that plays out. Now, inevitably, there'll be a lot more coverage of Joe Biden's trip to Ireland over the next few days in The Times, but plenty more for the writers to cover too. Foreign editor Mike Smith, what's on its way over the next day or so? We're going to hear more from Donald Trump. Uh, He's given his first interview since appearing in court in Manhattan, accused of making hush money payments. Uh, Very defiant, insisting that he will uh, continue his bid for the presidency, even if he's convicted. And in Italy, we're looking at the extraordinary story of a repeat offender bear in the Italian Alps. Uh, Last week, a jogger uh, was mauled to death by a bear. It now turns out that this is a bear that was saved thanks to a public campaign a few years ago from execution after it had attacked another person. It is safe to say that the water cooler chat in plenty of offices this week has surely been all about succession. But never fear, there will be no spoilers here because our focus actually today is not on the plot, but on the costume department. I definitely can't offer spoilers. I've not seen a single (laughs) second of it. Well, if you were to watch it, you might notice that Shiv Roy, one of the main characters, has an absolutely amazing work wardrobe. Right. And this prompted the Times fashion director, Anna Murphy, to delve into office glam. Okay. And she asks, are you working it at work? And, and Anna's theory is that, you know, partly post-pandemic, we're all back to the office. We want to get back into our best outfits. And certainly Shiv is someone who's doing that. So that's a really fun story on the website. And speaking of fabulous outfits, Toby, yes. you've spotted a story that involves very jazzy dresses indeed. Yeah, if you knew me, you'd know that I can't resist this. Recognise that, Rebecca? Can't say it's on my Spotify playlist. (laughs) Well, it is indeed the unique sound of flamenco. But what exactly is it? Well, apparently that battle has raged for years in Spain until today. That's right. The dance has actually never had an official definition. But the Parliament of Andalusia, its heartland, has passed the flamenco law. Woohoo! Amid concerns about fusions with other, more modern dances and the fact that they might dilute the tradition, they've given an official definition to the dance. Yeah, so, I mean, given what happened to me when I went to an Argentine milonga in Buenos Aires, <laughs> I can't tell you the whole story, I have to confess. That's a but whole other podcast. Yeah, it's fair to say I'd never tried Argentine tango before, but because of all of that, that experience, I am all for a written definition of a dance. Yes, I do suspect that is possibly a story for another day. Yes, or maybe not. <laughs> but yeah. Definitely a... not tomorrow, though. Maybe, though. One way to find out will be to download The World in 10 again, then, because uh, timely for us all, that is it for today. See you tomorrow. Indeed, if you dare.